It is a period of civil discourse. Fans of the Mission to Zix podcast have banded together to devote even more time to the Mission to Zix podcast by talking about it in a long-format fan podcast. This is the Zix Fancast. Season 3 special, where we will be recapping every episode from Season 3 of the wonderful science fiction podcast from Mission to Zix. We're your hosts, Rebecca. And Brandon. And this week we have a very special guest. I'm Jeremy Ben. I play C-53 on Mission to Zix. Yeah! yeah. Cool. Okay, yeah. so we're going to briefly go over a synopsis of each episode. We've got sure. questions about these, and then we've got some general questions at the end. I can't wait to not be able to answer your questions about each episode. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of it is questions that are, like, beyond what's actually in it. Okay. So it's, right. this is not trivia, so I don't interpretive, think. interpretive, <laughs> some of them. All right, that's fine. Um, yeah, I actually, uh, I will say because both, uh, Seth and Alden, who spend m- much of their time editing the show, had babies either before or during season three. I ended up yes. doing a lot more editing this season. Like in season yeah. two, I edited one episode. I edited the <laughs> Reka Shankar episode where we're on the the cruise ship, um, which is a very fun episode. Uh, but this season I edited nine episodes, which is basically half the season. Uh, so yeah, I I probably am better equipped to comment on this season than previous seasons. Okay, good, good timing. Yeah. Well, uh, let's uh, let's dive right into it. I sure. guess I guess I'll start with the first episode here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Down with the Emperor. Down with episode the Emperor. One. Yeah. So yeah, uh, we find the crew in Hollywood being hunted by Clint strike teams. Mm-hmm. Plex somehow has survived this entire time and is uh, uh, sort of attacked by a... Uh, I don't know if attacked is the right term, but uh, by a Clint maybe, strike yeah. team. <laughs> Attack implies success. Which... Yeah, uh, he's accosted, I guess, <laughs> there you go. by a Clint strike team, uh, which includes AJ2884, mm-hmm. who is a natural with space. Uh, C-53 is working as a yumbassador mm. I should say conscripted as a yumbassador yeah. really mm. uh, <laughs> at an on and off burger uh, until Plek rescues him Dar is living their best life going to farmers markets and is pregnant now mm-hmm. Norman is doing open mics Bargy's living the Hollywood life making a new film every month but Plek reunites them all to go on a mission to take down the emperor Nermit Bundeloy yes mm. of course uh, uh, yes no no go ahead so how much like, uh, how much of the story that happened between seasons did you, like, decide on before season three started? Is it the kind of thing where, like, at the end of season two, you're like, is this where we're going with season three? I think um, usually by the end of the previous season, like, by the end of season two, we had a rough idea of what season three was going to look like. But at the same time, we also take, like, a three or four month, I mean, in reality, like a one or two month break, and then we start working <laughs> the show again yeah. <laughs> um but we were like oh, okay so season the next season will probably be about this and then we'll come back and start planning the next season and we'll be like oh i had this idea i was like what if it's like this or like what if my character's doing this yeah, cool. um 
And so I think we knew we wanted because like Nermit Bundeloy, the Emperor, is just the worst. <laughs> and yes. so we were like, we've got to we've got to go after him in some capacity. But we're also like, surely Bargy being successful has been bad for the crew. <laughs> yes, I was I was worried. Yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was legitimately worried that Bargy would like half be in season three like it, it was oh. yeah i think mujan immediately was like i gotta get her out of being successful <laughs> just... because it's just like not where that character <laughs> lives uh yeah and so she was pretty like yeah yeah no she's gonna immediately have to flee hollywood and you're like okay great well then that <laughs> simplifies a lot of that stuff yeah i think i originally pitched that like she would be like doing a reality show about ambassadors or something like that, which I thought would have also been hilarious. Yeah, like to be like, idea. you know, take your fame and then go in the wrong direction. Kind of. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe that's a season four. Idea. Yeah. Maybe season four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. She's uh, I guess she's, well, she's innocent now. Thanks to our media that's, blitz. That's campaign. true. That's true. We'll save that for the three nineteen discussion. But yes. yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, this is a re- if you haven't listened. I was going to say right. if you're listening to the recap episode of the fan cast before you finish the season, <laughs> you're kind of dropping the. You, you don't really What's, get how any of this works. Yeah, uh, some there's some fundamental misconnect here. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, know. yeah. you gotta just get on Wikipedia and like understand what a fandom is first, <laughs> and then come back and yeah, uh, you'll learn a lot. It'll be useful. <laughs> All just, right, so. Kind of feel like Bargy secretly enjoys being miserable, though. I yeah, like Mujan has always sort of, uh, uh, like, at least when she describes Bargy, she describes Bargy to us as like, if you live in New York City, there's a lot of uh, very old people who lived here and have probably have lived here their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but New York is a very difficult place to live. It's like yeah. you have to deal with a lot of people. It's it can frequently be hard to get around. Uh, like accessibility is like not great sometimes Mm -hmm. but there are these old men but mostly women who who just sort of roam around this city and you're like why don't you move somewhere nice (laughs) that you would enjoy (laughs) but they i think have just been hardened by living in new york city for 80 plus years and are just like this is where i live and like i think bargy's kind of the same way where she's like maybe she would be happier if she wasn't an actress but she's like i've been in hollywood forever this is what I do, and you're like, okay, all right. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will say, uh, a lot of times, like I've heard people do like old grumpy New York accents, and I'm like, that's halfway to Barchi. I mean, that is very much, at least from what I've heard from Mujan, exactly what she's thinking when she's come, like trying to get into that character's headspace is like just an old woman that has been in New York forever, and nobody sort of. <laughs> like may and has done a lot of great things and maybe should be respected but everyone's like uh who are you <laughs> um so yeah i'm not surprised that uh <laughs> that's conjuring up a bargy image <laughs> yeah it really does i can't not hear like angry new yorker without being like it's bargy yeah it, and like but at the same time when you like when you leave new york and then you come back and you like get on the subway or something and some old woman is like move you you almost feel comforted in a way it feels very familiar and you're like oh good good yes i should move yeah um there was one bit of uh sort of exposition law from this Mm. set was that 
Baji is in a lot of trouble, so we don't yes. know what specifically, but... Very mysterious. Yeah. yeah. Which, of course, we do find out more about, so that develops. Yeah. Um, and, of course, AJ is brilliantly put in here. I will say that, like, uh, whose idea was AJ? <laughs> I think, well, because we knew Bino was gone, and I think Winston liked having a character on the show because yeah. in season one he's the only person who doesn't have a character and like obviously Bargy doesn't go on missions but like she's still a very big part of the show uh, and then Bino became a big part of the show but we all were like oh Bino I mean <laughs> Bino is sort of in season two as a fuck you <laughs> um, it, it's riffing on that on that sort of sci-fi trope of putting in something like cuddly and cute for kids <laughs> like a snarf or something like, like snarf that. in the thundercats or, or the ewoks or just any number of like kid friendly things that sort of ruin a lot of like sci-fi properties for adults where you're like why is this in here but then like you see a five-year-old watch it and they're like i love jar jar and you're like oh okay Oh. And you feel like a joyless monster. <laughs> uh, but Bino, we sort of tried to make, I, I think, sort of intentionally as annoying as possible. But of course, but it kind of works. Immediately because... became a beloved character. <laughs> and so I think the intention with AJ is like, well, let's do the same thing of like, let's get a character uh, like... that Winston can play that will like sort of be, and like, again, is still a sci fi trope. But at the same time, will be very annoying to the crew. <laughs> and then, of course, the audience immediately was like, he's the best character on the show. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like a permaclint is is such a good idea. Yeah, Just we've like... always thought about getting a little deeper into the clints. And we sort of started to do it in season two where we went to the Clint cloning facility. Yeah. And so it was nice to finally have a clint that we could actually have a real conversation with in yeah to be like <laughs> that's not that doesn't involve us getting down on the ground uh yeah and so like yeah aj i think was a really uh a fun uh addition to season three does that yeah. raise the question of when are we going to get Bino plushies and AJ action figures? I mean, this is, these are great questions. I mean, an AJ action figure is With just ejectable like, butt guns. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's just a sexually inappropriate, you know, clone trooper from like, if you, like, I've always imagined, like, we've always imagined the Clints are like, they're sort of like stormtroopers, you know, they're in like this armor and they're sort of clunky and they're yeah. not that effective at their jobs. Um, but at the same time, you're like, well, there is a person under the helmet, <laughs> you know? Sort of. <laughs> Ki- kind of, right? But, yeah, no, the, uh, I mean, like, Clint's immediately became one of the most, like, beloved parts of Zix. So I think it was honestly a very smart move to put uh, AJ in there. It is sort of like if you have a sci-fi show that in any way sort of pays homage to Star Wars, to not have some sort of faceless police force... Yeah, is a little like some... you're really dropping the ball, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Okay. Uh, episode two: Jennifer's Bargy with uh, Riley's uh, Salona. Yeah, Riley Soloner. Yeah. Soloner. He's uh, a guy. Uh, we've known him for years and years and years, and is uh, a delightful person. Excellent. Okay. Uh, how? By the way, uh, just not to not to cut you off back sure. real quick, no, but no, I have. How many of your guests, uh, in general, like listen to the podcast? Not 
all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I uh, this season is probably better than previous seasons. I mean, because does seem because certainly season yeah. one, it's like, well, like I mean, it barely existed, <laughs> uh, and like we still had a couple of guests who who knew the show because they were friends of ours and they were listening to it. But this season we had a lot more people who were like, oh, I want to do this, and like, I'd love this character to come back, and we're like, oh, okay, cool, great. Um, okay. So that's uh, that's good. Uh, it makes our job a lot easier, and that, yeah, Riley was a big fan of the show, and really wanted to, like, had a pretty specific idea of what he wanted to do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, makes your job easier, I suppose. It, <laughs> I, yes, very much so. Although at the same time, we've had totally fantastic episodes where the person doesn't know the show at all. And we're just like, just have some sort of like character game. Uh, getting into my improv terminology here. But like, just have some sort of like thing your character is going to do for the whole episode. And they're like, great. And then the episode is fantastic. And it's very easy. <laughs> but you don't always know. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it's a big galaxy. You know, people might not be like, oh, well, I'm not tuned into politics. Yeah. You know, just... And it's sort of fine if that's the case. It's like, it doesn't really make a difference. I mean, we had a literal sentient mop at one point. I mean, you can... <laughs> Yeah, it's, the, the, it really is not a super <laughs> strict universe <laughs> with the rules. So it, it, we're sort of like, yeah, whatever you want to do, that's fine. There's even the, like, croon croons fuck you. like <laughs> Yeah, of like, <laughs> stop thinking about it. It doesn't matter, you know. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> yes, go on. Right, episode two. The, the crew two. Uh, ask Nermit to be a master missions operations manager, yeah. but uh, he needs a missionator. Yeah. But Bargy hires uh, Flix Dunker to change her name, but it turns out he's still in college. Uh, she has trouble coming up with names, but they do decide that Bargy's backstory is actually just Plex's backstory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this episode is like we recorded this probably like eight months ago at this point. So I'm like, Oh, right. Yeah. That is also part of the story <laughs> <laughs> that Bargy's That's... new backstory is like, right. She's from Rangus six. And you're like, Oh okay, yes. yeah, yeah. No, I, a, I definitely remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they settle on, um, Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. That they settle on Bargy's new name. Bargy. B four backwards. R J one three. I, I appreciated that so much. <laughs> just being like an old, like in high school playing Counter Strike and being like, yeah, you know? Yeah. Elite speak and all that. I do remember uh, uh, I was, uh, I graduated high school in 2000. So, uh, like, that, like, Elite speak way of spelling things was sort of at its peak, like, maybe a year or two later. Yeah. And now, in many ways, has fallen completely out of fashion. Uh, oh no but yeah <laughs> but i guess like now i feel like when kids do it they they do like uh like they love to do like weird ascii letters and like yes. a lot of the, used, the table flips yeah table flips and stuff like that and like that to me seems more common but like spelling spelling stuff sort of phonetically and with num like threes as e's and so it was like mm. such a dumb thing but also was <laughs> rampant especially when it came to gaming it was like everywhere and you're like this is so stupid <laughs> there i have okay i'm gonna i'm gonna interject with a little little tiny personal story sure here. i took a public speaking class in college okay mm -hmm. 
and I had to do like a presentation at one point and I decided what, you know, you have to, you know, give a presentation on something you know about and teach okay. people something. And I taught people how to speak leap no. in a presentation. Brandon! <laughs> uh, and, yeah. I, I will counter with, um, I took, uh, I went to school for screenwriting. And so like in the freshman year, you have to take these like, communications classes which a lot of them are like journalism and i'm like i don't really want to do that and we had to write like a feature you know on some sort of person or community and so i wrote one this is 2001 i wrote one on the the emerging gamer community (laughs) (laughs) and i literally did no research and just wrote about me and other guys on my freshman floor (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> playing a lot of video games and uh i think i probably got like a b on it and i'm like great terrific nice, nice. they uh se- separate this isn't a counter but i just want to add this i took a, a, ga- a video game theory class in college okay. i was surprised they actually offered that but they made us play second life for that class oh no what, <laughs> what? yikes just to like see what the deal was because we were learning about it and we had to like wander around Second Life for a while. We didn't have like recorded or anything but like that, but like we were all supposed to do some sort of like sociological paper on gaming communities or something like that. Second Life is like it's not really a gaming community. <laughs> I know it was a community. It's now like a sex dungeon. Community. Yeah, now I think yeah. Which is sure you got to put the sex dungeon somewhere. <laughs> like I, I get it. Yeah cost of rent nowadays uh, sure <laughs> so of um, course this is all very on topic for the second episode <laughs> well, I realized well, yes. not, I mean <laughs> I, I feel like Flix Dunker is a is a character who is steeped in all that like oh yeah insane like early 2000s like hacker or hacker mm, mentality hacker uh, so like I don't know. I, I, maybe this is on topic. I, th- I mean, yeah, it's all the same kind of vibe. Like the the lead speak immediately sets it. Like, and also him blasting like what techno. Yeah, <laughs> he's playing earphones. Super aggressive, like EDM music. I I also remember. Yeah, it's like hackers around that time. It was like it was a lot of like the Matrix soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. you know that was like a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> And it's also, I mean, I also appreciate the, like, hacker who was able to do just ridiculous things. Like, <laughs> like truly impossible things in <laughs> seconds. But that is also, like, every movie about computers from, like, yeah. 19, 1980 till, like, I think 2010, they finally were like, okay, they can't just do anything. <laughs> there has to be some <laughs> limits on what they can do. Now, Have you seen CSI? Kung Fury? I haven't seen Kung Fury. Every time I see it, like it comes up on Netflix or whatever, I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. And then I so, end up watching something else. But I will say there, there's one thing. They've got a character named Hackerman, and <laughs> I dig uh, it. he he basically hacks somebody back from the dead. So <laughs> oh now we're talking. <laughs> I love it. So, anyways, I just want to pepper that. In. All right, yes, so just, we're back on topic. Yes. We're back. Yeah. Oh so. yeah. Just to finish uh, the synopsis, uh, before they leave, they get a second-hand missionator from Flix. That's right. It it seemed like the sort of thing he would have just sitting around. (laughs) So it it made a lot of sense to us. Yeah, you can imagine all sort of like old CRT monitors upside down. I've always imagined the missionator uh, as being like a 
Uh, you ever play Fallout? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, like the computers in Fallout make, I was like, that's what a mission yes. is. It's a, it's a mo- green monitor with a yes. keyboard integrated into the monitor. Mm. Like, that is what the missionator looks like to me. That makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I do love the uh, little startup music it has. Though. Yeah. Oh <laughs> man, that is that's a that's a Shane O'Connell creation. And mm. yes. when we heard it in the episode, we were like, "Oh my god, <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> it's really great." Okay, so uh, just uh, some lore from this episode that I, mm. I wanted to point out. Oh. It's possible to remotely talk to Bargy through Clint armor, like sort of like remote controlling AJ. Yeah, yeah. we don't use that again no <laughs> uh, it's a little terrifying and uh, maybe that is something we should uh, well there's still season 4 we could potentially bring that back <laughs> I mean like I th- honestly I thought that was going to be a vehicle to make Bargy come on mission I think yeah. here here is the honest truth is that like one of the big issues I, I didn't edit that episode, but I remember we had to do a ton of pickups for that episode mm-hmm. in part because there's way too many people <laughs> like on the mission. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, you listen to season one and it's like me and Dar and uh, Plek and then whoever the guest is. Right. Yeah. And we have Nermit yeah. and and uh, Bargy in the beginning and at the end. And then, of yeah. course, you know, Seth and Winston and uh, Mujan can play whoever during the mission. Mm. But now it's like uh, for certain episodes, it's the three like Darplex C and then also AJ and then sometimes also Nermit with the guest and then Mujan and people playing other characters and like so many characters God, <laughs> it, it it is just like it just gets to be a lot in terms of like everybody getting attention. Yeah. Um, and so we, I think we didn't use that as much because it's like uh, it's just really complicated stuff. Yeah. I mean, I can say from personal experience when we did our Council of Seven episode mm. and had five people yeah. on it. It's uh, a lot. I was ready to shoot myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That like anytime there's like six people talking, we're like, ah, we should have made this simpler. <laughs> yeah, just from an editing standpoint. It, it's hard. It really is uh hard to sort of both balance the like everyone getting a chance to to chime in, but also just like just editing across six audio tracks is like not an ideal scenario. <laughs> yeah. Shane is overworked as it is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> truly. Um, also, we we know now that Bargy is in trouble for her financial decisions and is being hunted by governments. Yes, yes. And that's 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 some serious stuff there. I mean, we all. I think we sort of thought that was funny because, like, that's how they got Al Capone. Yes, it's like tax <laughs> evasion, and it was, like there was just something really funny about that. Of <laughs> like, she potentially did all this you know dodgy stuff but like what got her was like well should have paid tax or she was like running a ponzi scheme or something <laughs> mm. like, just funny i always assumed that like a lot of the charges were like set up kind of by nerm like by emperor bundeloy yeah i mean like i feel like be it's like probably a 50 50 but you'll have to get mujan <laughs> yeah. to really confirm or deny we really do mm. Mm. uh okay 
Oh, yeah, I get some questions also, I think. Yes, yes, we have a few questions. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> one question actually came up in the episode. Okay. Which was, if AJ is a clone, does he have a soul? <laughs> <laughs> we, it's a philosophical question. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we sort of go back and forth on that over the course of the season. Uh, and I sort of find that to be a charming aspect of AJ's personality. Uh, because it's also like, well, you know, AJ can wonder if he has a soul, but like, you know, C-53 is a robot, which like shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't have a soul at all, but he doesn't worry about it even for a second. Just irrelevant. <laughs> yeah, he's sort of like, no, who cares? Like, what's the, what does it matter? Why do you worry about this? Yeah. Do you need one? Yeah, I was like, what, what good's that doing you, you know? Mm. <laughs> uh, Brendan, do you want to read the other question? Oh, sure. Uh, so did you have ideas of, like, the like over the course of the season, mm. uh, do you have ideas of, like, what guests were going to do and what they wanted to do beforehand? And is that, like, how you scheduled things? We, like, we really, I in this one, like, oh, yeah. We so really bad. don't. <laughs> I, I, you know, it is, like, uh, we did know that like uh, Riley knew the show, and so we were like, "All right, well, let's get him on in case we need to do some like storytelling stuff early." Sure. So that'll that be makes good. Sense. But uh, we literally had no idea what kind of character he wanted to play, and also like when people come on the show, usually they'll pitch us like, "Here's like three or four different ideas." And a lot of times we'll just pick the one that's like, "Oh, well, we need to do this in the story, so let's have him be this character." Okay. Uh, and we are potentially cutting ourselves off from much funnier characters. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it works. I'll yeah, say yeah. <laughs> I don't narratively. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, a lot makes sense. I think it's been all right, but yeah, sometimes we're just like, um, this character's funny, but this character would really solve this story problem. <laughs> so let's go with this one. <laughs> all right, let's go to the next episode. Uh, episode three: A Quiet Place. Mm. So this Featuring is a, this Kath, oh Catherine Mudon is it uh, Mudon? Yeah, Mudon, yeah. Mudon, uh, sorry. That is the f that's fine. Uh, Catherine's episode is the first episode that I edited this season. Okay. Uh, and also the first episode I recorded from Los Angeles. So that's oh that's a fun that's a that's a real BTS fact. <laughs> um, yeah, I was out in Los Angeles with Mujan. And my fiance, because my fiance was nominated for an award, so Whoa. we were at an award show. Uh, we lost, so that's uh. fine. <laughs> well. Uh, uh, who are they, so we can boycott them? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so we, Mujan and I were there, but we were like, "Wow, well, we got to start recording this season." But you know, I'm there with Mujan, so we we rented a studio and. Catherine is a uh, improviser we knew in New York for a long time, but she had just moved to Los Angeles, and we were like, "Great!" And Catherine is a great example of someone who had not listened to the show at all. I don't think mm. uh, maybe okay. she listened to an episode right before we recorded, but she was like, "Could I be like a librarian?" And we're like, "Great, uh, <laughs> go for like, it. We'll figure it out." See. Uh, all right, so I'll go through this. Sure. Uh, Nermit has started nesting on top of the fridge using Plex scrolls. <laughs> uh, he's sending them to the locus of knowledge, the public library. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Plex wants to replace the damage scrolls. C53 wants to update diplomatic protocols. Dar wants to solve their horny problem. <laughs> Nermit wants to look at parenting books. 
they meet Poopins, the head librarian, uh, and bump into Karn trying to send an interdimensional email, which is, I love how he's just thrown in, like, oh god. Karn <laughs> is a character where we're like, I don't know that anyone listening to the show even remembers who Karn is, but we... <laughs> we oh, he, we do. He comes back a lot, and there's probably at least a couple of Karn, uh, like some Karn uh, cameos that were cut this season because we're like, oh. he's already oh. in it too much. It's like... He's the really, new Sambo and Wink. Yeah, it's like, it's too much Karn. Uh, <laughs> but we love Karn. We're <laughs> sort of like, yeah, great. I know. Like, put him in there. I'll, I'll be honest. We're, I, I find it hilarious. Just like the kind of like subtle shitting on Karn all the time. It Like, I think we're all okay with shitting on Karn because like, he's not even from this universe right yeah where it's, it's like, just like where it's like hey man we don't know like your universe doesn't it couldn't possibly matter less to us no one has ever been there or heard of it so like you got your family there like great but <laughs> like, we're sort of like let it go man you're in this universe now <laughs> yeah and i mean like so <laughs> in addition to that episode <laughs> Besides Karn, uh, we also run into various perverts of various persuasions. Yeah. The library perverts. Let me tell you, there's at least a good 20 minutes of the perverts on the cutting room floor for that. <laughs> oh, <episode>. no. <laughs> I, I, well, it's like, it can't all be the perverts. Uh, I, I beg to differ. <laughs> they're, they're fun, but eventually we get, you know, something has to happen with the crew. <laughs> You're going to put so, that on the uh, donor page, though, yeah? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll cut that all back in. Yes. <laughs> episode pervert pizza party <laughs> pervert pizza party yeah extended uh, yeah <laughs> um and it ends with uh aj drop kicking poopins <laughs> and then them running out that was oh god that was the episode i really realized that like oh aj is uh he is like uh if you're playing D D with a group that's like really cautious about like well we got to figure out well, like, oh what's, i've what's, brought this up too yeah like AJ is the barbarian who's like, I smashed the door down, and you're like, Oh, uh, okay, we well, kinda, that works. we were doing a thing, <laughs> and then you just got to deal with it, uh, which is good narratively because <laughs> it makes us move. But yeah, that's I, oh, it's the exact I've, I've brought up. I think the same kind of thing to be like, Okay, we've got a door. Should we check for traps first? No, 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 check around it first. Maybe there's a, a trap on the floor, and it's just like. Yep. At like, some point, it's just better to like straight through the door, and you're like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> all right, well, good." There, there have been, yeah, I play a half giant in D and D right now, and mm-hmm. uh, there's been mm-hmm. times where like, like the rogue just tried to unlock a door and disarm a trap and got spiked twice, and I'm just like, "Excuse me," and I'm like, "I stand five feet away from the door and bash it," <laughs> yeah, right. and it's just like problem solved. Mm. <laughs> I think you'll find this door is no more. <laughs> but yeah, these no, are the I kind of high quality jokes uh... you can expect from a Mission is X cast member. <laughs> Door no more. Mm. I mean, if you don't like puns like that, why are you listening to the show? I, I mean. Fair, yeah. If, if you can't get behind those puns, maybe you should skip Mission is X entirely. <laughs> well, I think we've got our new uh, T-shirt. It's just uh, AJ with a dwarf blown off behind him. It says "Door no more." No. I can see it in my head. It's not bad. Look, what, horniness finds a way is already a shirt. So, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yes. So, uh, we did have a, a couple of questions. Sure. 
So was the uh, the pervert pizza party thing a dig at us as a fan cast? No, no. What? I, I'm trying to remember, like, why? Like, why did we even start doing the, the pervert pizza party? Yeah. Pervert pizza party was like, I think it was just, uh. I, well, like I said, there's a lot of pervert stuff on the cutting room floor, and I think it was just like <laughs> the pervert. Like we just were talking to them so much, it was like, yeah, you should come to our pizza party, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I think it was just <laughs> a natural extension of like, oh, these people all hang out. They probably have events. What's a fun event? Oh, uh, pizza, pizza party. party. It was. Yeah. I swear to you, it was not a dig on the fan cast. I mean, we thought honestly, we were we were honored. Okay, if, uh, if that's what it then, was. Then <laughs> absolutely, it is a, a okay, shout great. out to the fan cast. <laughs> just because our internet pizza party yeah sure no i mean yeah I, pizza party I'll take it. as a child of the 80s i'm still like well that's the best kind of party you can have yeah it's a pizza party go to like an arcade or you know oh, sure yeah I sure did have a birthday party at mcdonald's when i was a kid i i went what? to a number of birthday parties at mcdonald's <laughs> and yeah you got the big orange drink machine and sure yeah. it's good times <laughs> why not anyway um another so, question is oh sorry brandon no, I was I was about to yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um do you remember how many how many types of perverts that you came up with in the end? Oh boy. I think all the types are in the episode. Like okay. I don't think I don't think that there were like additional perverts, maybe one uh that got cut, but it was just so much more discussion with those perverts. <laughs> Full and, story perverts. Like they they just kept <laughs> popping into every part of the library and it was like okay. <laughs> <laughs> like we gotta, <laughs> we may gotta dial these back just a little bit. Well, they make up ninety-five percent of the library patrons, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, the 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 one bit of law that really came up in that episode was that uh, Clint can heal almost instantly. Yeah, we sort of figured like they get shot a lot, <laughs> so unless there's some sort of massive Clint, you know, graveyard planet. Oh, oh God. No. Which oh my god! Horrible to think about. Then, like, well, probably they just heal. Like, I believe AJ says, "I'll pour some water on it yeah. to heal," and you're like, "Oh, he puts like a cold pack on yeah, it." Yeah, I put a cold like pack a, on it. Yeah, and you're just like, for like a dislocated shoulder, and it just and you're like, back what? <laughs> oh, like, and so you're like, if they can't heal, it's terrible. Yeah, but we also sort of don't get into the fact that like, what are they just immortal and? I don't know. We we have backed away from that uh, <laughs> argument, so uh, maybe that's a season four discovery. I've uh, I've put it as. Uh, do you watch Venture Brothers? Uh, I've I've seen the first season of Venture Brothers. I, I'm familiar with the fact that. So yeah, the minions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think uh, the monarch refers to a couple of his minions are. You're the perfect minions, both invulnerable and expendable. <laughs> yeah. I mean that is Clint's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like invulnerable but then when they are hurt yeah, sure just throw them away it's just like a ship full of clips just yeah. Poof, okay yeah well all right i guess we gotta get a new ship full of them you know <laughs> doesn't they reuse the armor when a clint dies now there's a there's a fine question because there's no size issue yeah, you know you this is there. true yeah. um yeah i'm not sure it might be too pasted on <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the helmet might not be reusable Point. <laughs> hard to know hard to know yeah okay um episode four unaccompanied minor with Zach, uh, broussard 
Yes. Okay, so Budgie is a zip driver now. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, very, very subtle commentary on today's gig economy. Oh, yeah. Everyone's got a side hustle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know they got to. Yep. Uh, Nermit sends them on a mission to go to Dubtor to undermine the mining operation where the only source of fuel for the planet Crusher Crusher is made. Uh, they rescue Josiah Turkleton, who turns out to actually be the despotic ruler of the mind, and uh, then blows up the mine for the insurance money. <laughs> <laughs> this that oh this is an episode I, I also edited this one and I mm. not again, I'm not sure Zach had listened to the show. I think he had maybe listened to an episode or two. But he just came in with such a clear character that it was very easy to do that. Like this, this, uh, this episode was just like, I mean, it's all in there. It's very, he's super annoying. Everybody hates him. <laughs> be like, I'm the boss. I don't understand why everyone else is. You know, yeah, it's like, why are it's people like... so unhappy to be my slaves? And you're like, <laughs> yes. all right, okay, yeah. Uh, Who's saving who? That he started doing that like ten minutes into the session, and we're like, "What?" Uh, and it just became such a funny uh, catchphrase for that character. Um, it was so funny because he was just so annoying, and we're like, "Well, we can't just kill someone on the ship." But but can of, you? Out of everyone who's ever been on the show, I think he's the character that people like. We were just like, can we just kill this guy? Because <laughs> he's truly the think, worst. But I think there were multiple asides in this episode to yeah. be like, we're gonna kill him, right? Yeah, like... yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's a true monster. <laughs> yes. Oh god, and I remember the like there was digs on like internships. Yeah. There yeah, were digs uh-huh. at like doing it for the exposure. Yeah. Like, being being a, a slave miner for the exposure was uh, just like, oh boy. Uh, yeah, I know. In many ways, too real. Uh, yes. but yeah, it, that, that episode was just, that was a real treat. Uh, it was just a super fun one to do. Yeah. Uh, a couple things from this episode I want to point out, uh, droid mind wiping is not permanent if it's done poorly. That, so that does. Yeah. Yeah. We were sort of just like, I, I was like, we've always wanted to sort of get more into C-53s history but yes. it, but i was like if he's just been mind wiped every like five years then he has no history <laughs> yeah and that's not yeah, i feel like it's not as uh enjoyable to work with also, yeah unless he can somehow restore it you know? yeah and and to me it's much more interesting and it's also much more zix appropriate that like oh yeah no if you did it right you wouldn't be able to remember anything but pe- <laughs> they just do like the quick the quick wipe which takes like five minutes and then they kind of can't remember anything but it's still on the cube and it's like yeah, yeah that sounds more accurate to the galaxy we've created <laughs> the, the subtle incompetence throughout the galaxy i mean <laughs> I, not just the galaxy but i just feel like in general things are like any organization like an empire or a government or or big companies that is that big it's like nothing is done that well you know oh, no. like it's like there's just not enough oversight to have anyone do anything really the right way when you could it's do like, it the fast way. It's like, we don't have time. Way. We got a quota. Yeah, it's like, hey, I got to turn out. I got to do 100 mind wipes a week. You want me to do the full, like, six-hour <laughs> mind wipe? I can't do it. Not enough time. <laughs> nah, just give it a quick wash. Give him a That's quick it. wipe. He'll never figure it. It's fine. 
they give them a quick wipe. Memories, but they didn't actually empty the recycle bin. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so I just have this recycle bin with like <laughs> years of data in it. I was like, oh, I would love that weird. And I would love an episode where they have to like, you know, like going into the computer sort of thing, oh, going yeah. into C's recycle bin to try to recover his memories. Oh boy. <laughs> Okay. Put it in the put in the ideas doc for season four. <laughs> I guess you could have a guest be like a virus inside there or something. I don't know. Interesting. Anyways, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll find out more about that sea captain. I, well, one day. One day. <laughs> Not, has yet to happen, but. Um, yeah. The other important bit from that episode was the fact that the only source of uh, Dubtonium was destroyed. Yes. So the question is relating to that. So, oh yeah, had you expected that to come up later as a more crucial pop- plot point? Yeah, was that a point you tried to set up to? Uh, I think this was the first like, well, we need to if we're gonna defeat the emperor, we do need to take concrete steps against him. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I, I, at some point during this, I'm like, wait, is the space the plot this season? <laughs> and I and I also love the idea of that there's only one place you can get this fuel and the guy who owns it blew it up for the insurance <laughs> money because he truly has like like many wealthy people truly has no interest in who's running the government as long as he's making money yeah, yeah. um and so that to me was like oh that's pretty funny we also yeah. probably had to edit because i think we called the element dubtonium but there's probably just as many takes where we say dubtornium. Oh. And we yeah. had to do so many <laughs> pickups just oh. to be like, what is it called? <laughs> uh, it was very dumb. And we'll probably. I mean, there's there's probably a justification to be like, oh, yeah, you know, you just treat dubtonium and it becomes dubtornium. Yeah, I, <laughs> probably what we should have done. Yeah. But it's very <laughs> stupid. We probably spent way too much time being like, what? is it important that people know which of these is like, no it doesn't matter at all yeah I, I honestly don't think you would have raised any eyebrows yeah I, 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 I think it would have gone completely unnoticed <laughs> I mean based on the like Dave Matthews band references that no one apparently gets yeah truly like those are thrown in for like me Winston and Alden and no one else like not a single person beyond those three I feel like I should should start, you know, getting invested in it just so I can get your Easter eggs. <laughs> I tried to a little. That's but... a real. <laughs> I think you're going to find diminishing returns on that particular <laughs> endeavor. Okay, so um, the next episode is uh, episode five, "Bad Grandma," mm. featuring Rachel Pegram. Pleck reads a prophecy, <laughs> which is the Dave Matthews Band prophecy, mm-hmm. which. In the Discord, we were like, "What is this prophecy? <laughs> what, is this is this a lyric or something?" <laughs> yeah, we yeah, it's uh, lyrics to a Dave Matthews Band song. We, so I, again, this episode was recorded at least six months ago, so I I know that he did that, but I don't remember what song it was. What is he? <laughs> Candyman tempting oh, the yeah, thoughts yeah. of so a sweet is, tooth that's, tortured. <laughs> that's a weird like scat solo that Dave Matthews does in the middle of the song "Ants Marching." Oh. Uh, and also, like, even though it, it like has all these weird grammatical things, it's like that is what he says in the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's and, buck like, wild. He said he literally says, "On the fence could not to offend," which is like 
yeah. doesn't make any logical sense nope. as language. But you're like, okay, all right, sure. What? So that's what, if you can imagine us not having that context and being like, <laughs> what the fuck does this mean? Well, Gosh. I'll say I'm sad you don't have the context of one of the greatest songs of the '90s. But. <laughs> I know we we got it, but <laughs> it's oh boy. It's those kind of things that like can't be like. I feel like if you like somehow subtly did a thing where oh you have to edit the audio and reverse it, like all the secret uh, communications and stuff like that. I feel like people get that more easily than some of these Dave Matthews references. Seth Seth suggested potentially doing an episode that would like cut, like would sync up with a Dave Matthews album, oh and I God. was like, I grabbed him by the shoulders and I was like are you trying to kill Shane? Like <laughs> that so much work for like quite literally zero benefit, <laughs> which is also probably the, the alternate name of our podcast. But at the same time, I was like, we got to draw the line somewhere. <laughs> All right. So, uh, to, to get back into the episode, Sure. Nermit sends them to Amber, a planet never aligned with any dominant power before. They meet Grandma the Third, the city councilwoman, and who has got disappearing people, mm-hmm. uh, and under the pretense of efficient public transportation. So, and they have a debate between Melissa of the Light Rail Party and Grandma of the Got Disappeared Party. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, love that subtle dig at politics. Another, <laughs> another very subtle. Uh, yeah. I really, you really sort of have to think about it and read between the lines to get yeah, sort of where know. we're coming from. Really subtle commentary. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hard to hard to figure out what our uh, like what our position on this particular issue is, but um, you know, yeah, I don't. We we did start to get. Um, I think it was like in our iTunes reviews, people being like, "I don't like." because i mean in fairness it's like this episode right after the episode where we uh try to kill a billionaire (laughs) like people are like i don't like how political the show is and i was like oh my god i was like i guess you could view those as political but to me it's like it's still insanely goofy yeah like if if this is in any way too political for you you're gonna have a real problem with like society yeah. yeah, I was about to say, like, if, if you sync this up with politics, what does that say about your politics? Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> For us, it's like, all of anytime we do anything vaguely political in the show, it's so on the nose and so absurd that I'm like, even if you are conservative, I just think it's like, it's yeah, but it's like nonsense. It's like, it's not an actual critique. It's just like... I mean... Can you actually like laugh at this? I yeah, mean, come on, like, like well, I have a sense of humor about it at least a little bit. <laughs> at, at minimum, yeah, it's a Anyways, comedy show. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. The, this the is one... science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the one uh, thing to note from this episode, which I thought might become a thing, was that uh, Dar's in charge of Bargy's money now. I mean, somebody other than Bargy should be in charge of Bargy's money. True. Yeah. But Dar? wait, does that mean? Does that mean Dar, Dar I don't, was... <laughs> I don't know if Dar's the greatest choice on the ship. Mm. I mean... Based on the bit croon. Yeah. Mm. Based, uh, Dar's run a number of scams in her own time, but I yeah. guess is marginally... Maybe maybe that's the... <laughs> that's the reason is, like, Dar's more familiar with scams, so Dar should be handling the scam money. 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> they won't talk to us, Gam. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love how also, like, AJ just picks up, like, what, did he pick up a log here? Yeah, I think like, so, yeah. He just, you know, he just runs around wa- waving wooden objects around starting at this point, and it's just like... I also love how AJ. I mean, no, no spoilers particularly, but AJ gets better than Plek at the space, yeah. which is amazing. Then he's he loves he loved it when Darth threw the wood saber for him to chase. It's yeah, so dumb, and I love it. it. There's been there are a lot of references in season three to AJ basically just being our dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, he did get the zoomies. <laughs> he does. I mean, he does. Like a dog know. toddler, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was honestly one of my favorite lines from this season. <laughs> <laughs> have, have you been to the subreddit? No, I really should. No. <laughs> oh, boy. So if you are feeling down, r slash zoomies. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and not just dogs, but animals of all stripes having the zoomies and just running around like crazy. Very, oh very uplifting. Uh, but this morning I discovered potentially an even better subreddit which is r slash dogs getting dogs what what and it's it's usually like older dogs being presented with like puppies and it is oh boy it uh i took all my power to tear myself away oh my gosh i'm definitely starting to use reddit okay Uh, (laughs) like as far as animal you can just find such specific Animal, like if you like animal videos, you can find exactly the strain of animal videos that is your particular passion. Like, Incredible. there is, and sometimes you just like the variety of it. Like, r slash baby elephant gifts is really oh. great if oh, you want to watch the happiest animals in the universe. Um, I'm sure, baby, baby elephant. R slash big boy, B O Y E, is one of my favorites, where it's <gasps> like huge animals acting like dogs. Oh my god! Like it's it's like oh. crocodiles and stuff being like really happy and like running around and chasing stuff, and you're like, what is? It? It's great. <laughs> I love Big Boy is a favorite. I am sold. Uh, so one question: Are you pro light rail or pro got disappeared? Oh, I'm <laughs> hard hard in favor of light rail. <laughs> I think in many ways, it, it's it's annoying because like the U.S. has such a transportation problem because we built the whole country around cars and now cars are like not a great way for like a society to get around uh but also outside of like the northeast and maybe the west coast light rail is like not a great option for most of america um the northeast corridor yes but like most of the midwest and what we call big sky country which is like montana and like places like that light rail is a bad idea and is like would take so much time to build the network and like you wouldn't enough people wouldn't be using it so i don't know maybe i no i take it back i'm got disappeared if we could disappear people that would be much easier yeah i think so yeah as long as trump's not in charge of it i think it'll be okay (laughs) (laughs) as long as it's the emperor i think that's pretty solid okay we've only got like a year left we can we can make it through oh, i don't even live in your country and i'm tired I, this the, this is how you got we, your own problems yeah. yeah this is how we feel about brexit I, oh, it's God. like oh boy wow you guys <laughs> oof good luck with that yeah. Oof. i i was sort of for a while i was like 
oh, maybe they're going to pull out of it. And then this Boris Johnson's up. I'm like, wow, well, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Parliament is on fire at the moment. Yeah, so. I was going to say, every <laughs> video I've seen from Parliament is like, it's literally just people shouting for hours. And I'm like, is this how things get done? <laughs> it's, it's both the best and the worst drama. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we should on. go to the next episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, episode six: the fresh connection with uh, Rachel Winitsky. Yes, Rachel Winitsky. Good follow on Twitter, by the way. I love following her. Oh, Rachel Winitsky, <laughs> a very, very funny human being. I met her who eight years ago when we were both training for. Uh, there's a group in New York City called the Story Pirates. Uh, mm-hmm. They're also in Los Angeles and a couple other places where. Kid, they go to schools and have kids write stories uh, and then we will come back and perform stories that kids have written for them as a That's show awesome. uh, and it's really really fun a lot of uh, improvisers and comedians in New York are, are involved uh, in it but, and that's how I met Rachel we both got in the same year and we both trained together um, and she is now like uh, a, a true bright light of the New York City comedy scene <laughs> oh. Um but I just remember meeting her. I was like, wow, this person is very nice and very funny. Uh, and actually, very recently, I was in a audio fiction piece she wrote for a podcast called The Truth. I've um, been listening to that. Uh, yeah, well, she's got an episode coming out, I think, in probably a month or two that I am in in a capacity you will not enjoy me. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I play a not nice person, but it's the piece is very good. Okay. Yeah. Look forward to it. Yeah, keep an eye out. <laughs> so, yes, Dar's pregnancy has made them tiny. <laughs> yes. They, uh, <laughs> they get a call from Emperor Nermit Bondeloy. Yes. Who says he knows where they are because Bargy's left location services on. And he says that he has the receipts on Bargy. He asks them to surrender or he's going to assassinate them. Uh, they find a planet to hide on where they meet Marth in her gift shop. Uh, she ends up showing them her underground bunker, which is full of supplies and her extensive collection. And she has a dingle hopper, which lights up and makes shoo shoo noises when she wields it. <laughs> the crew invite her to come with them, but she can't bear to be parted from all of her stuff. So, yeah, mm-hmm. this episode I will say is very significant because it does prove the space is real. Yes, it, sort of, right? And like <laughs> we're still like. It's interesting because we we definitely came out on the side this season that like oh the space definitely can do stuff it does yeah, work. maybe Plek isn't yeah great. it's just like maybe Plek's <laughs> like not the best at it but but also like uh, it's like it's still not as useful as you'd want it to be <laughs> yeah I think that's a good place to land honestly if it's gonna be like confirmed basically to be like well people are okay at the space. And, you know, maybe people can kill people with wood sabers, but, like, yeah, it's like maybe can, not the most effective. You can kill somebody with a stick. Like, we all know yeah. that. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but to suggest it's, like, a good way to do it is not really accurate. <laughs> yeah. There's uh. um, a, a couple of things in this episode which were, were uh, potentially important. Uh, okay. The fact that uh, Peter One Fab is working for the Emperor now. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we meet uh, Kia Rondo, who's a cater waiter. 
Yes. <laughs> and they find um, a bean statue with people writhing in torment around it from a planet where everyone was gone. Maybe it's a god. <laughs> mm, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> That was just uh, that was just planted in there. I think Very I told so. Alden this, but uh, I, I dropped the name Bano. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it As sounds like, like something we would use. Yeah. <laughs> so we're we're just trying to provide a service here. <laughs> um, but yeah. <laughs> the the frames also. I was uh, yeah. That was a cool uh, little subplot there to just be like collectible frames. That is, um, th- this is a very uh, subtle reference. So probably the, all all the names of the frames are just names of Gretsch guitars. Oh my word! Oh, uh, did not get that. Uh, that was like me trying to make Shane laugh while we were recording. Um, so like duo jet white falcon country gentleman like those are all just guitars made by the gretsch guitar company which is a very fine guitar um they do not make a midnight shadow but not yet not yet but <laughs> i never know do you have sort of any idea in your head what those ones could look like as droids um i I sort of imagine them looking like if you, if you hired the guitar company to design the droid frame, it would sort of look like that. I guess um, that makes sense. And like like a country gentleman and like Tennessee Rose are, are sort of more of sort of country style guitars, like rockabilly sort of thing. And so like they, I imagine them sort of looking like that. Like, um, are you familiar with like a nudie suit? Like it's sort of a classic yeah. country music outfit it's like you know it's a suit but it has those like embroidered flowers and and stuff on them it was very very popular in the 70s for country musicians and so i imagine i'm I'm gonna have to draw it now so yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) and so i sort of imagine at least one of like country gentlemen or tennessee looking like that because it makes me laugh (laughs) um midnight shadow i just imagine is being like just sort of jet like uh do you know in Hitchhiker's Guide in Restaurant at the End of the Universe, there's that mm-hmm. ship that's all black? Yeah. Yes. And, like, yes, everything yes. about it is black. Like, that's sort of how I imagine the Midnight Shadow. That makes sense. I was, I was kind of imagining the Tennessee Rose is just wearing a beautiful Southern Belle dress with a little <laughs> That's also a good idea. <laughs> it has that a, as well. It could just have also have a built-in guitar. Like... It just, like, springs out. And it's like, boing. Yeah. <laughs> A deployable guitar. Deployable guitar. That's fine. I, I, we were really trying to, uh, because we've talked about the Ronka Cybernetics Corporation a lot, and we were really trying to figure out a way to get a little bit more Ted Ronka into the show. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I'm glad we found a way to, like, work him into the show just a little bit, because I think he's such a fun character. He is. Of course, turns up in there in the last episode. That's true. That's true. But not to get too far ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should continue on. Uh, episode 7, The Magnificent Kevin, featuring yeah. Lou Gonzalez. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Bargie's sad as she's missing Bino. They play a song they've recorded together. Uh, looking through the Missionator database, Nermit finds the planet Nalka, where the Nalka K-Fighters are from, mm-hmm. one of the most efficient fighters in the galaxy. Uh, he sends them off, and they're apparently expecting them. Uh, it turns out to get the K-Fighters, they have to kill Kevin the Blob. <laughs> but... <laughs> They end up going inside him and having a spiritual experience and convincing everyone to go in the blob. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, that's, this was Lou Gonzalez, who's a great improviser in New York, literally just pitched us, like, 
I want to be a big body positive blob. And we're like, great. We love it. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. And I was like, yep, yeah, okay. I, we don't change it. That's everything we need. Yep, um, pretty solid. Yeah. Yep. And yep. so, yeah, that was a fun one. Uh, I edited this one. And it was it was very funny from the outset. But we had sort of two different versions of them. Like, there was one where they didn't go into the blob. It was just AJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and we sort of, like, while we were recording it, we're like, ah, I think we need to take this again. And we all need to go into the blob. Uh, okay. And that take is much not only funnier but also like ha- we get a little like emotional resolution on the Bino storyline a mm. little bit yeah um and that i think is uh is one of makes this episode both funny but also like oh it's sort of addressing the fact that like hey our friend died last season yeah and, like, <laughs> that's not fun like we're still sort of grappling with that but we're also like but maybe he didn't die like we don't we don't really know how he works so yeah, there, there's a lot of question marks around that. Yeah, but we just knew, like, well, we don't get to talk to him anymore, and that's that's not fun. Physically, he is always with you, just inside duh. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Nothing that weird is... about that. Don't groan Nothing at that. About... Yeah. That's a totally normal situation yeah. that nobody this would have fine. any issues with. Yeah, it happens every day. Yeah. <laughs> An right. interesting thing from this, this episode was the fact that... Uh, Ted Ronker, you know, speaking of him, he's working for the Emperor and he hates the Federated Alliance. Which I thought was an interesting development. Hmm. Yeah, like... Damn it, Ted? No. <laughs> we, um... It's interesting that, like, the first couple of seasons spend a, a ton of time setting up the Federated Alliance. Mm. And then we move to the Emperor and we're sort of like... We didn't really get into it that much. I think part because it's like not super, not a super interesting subject, um, and it's yeah. certainly not a very funny subject. But it's like, well, so what do people who were pro Federate Alliance or anti Federate Alliance think of the Emperor? And like, yeah, yeah, like that's sort of an interesting thing. But we were like, are we pushing our fans' patience if we talk about this a lot? <laughs> 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 Okay, uh, episode yeah. eight, one wedding and a funeral with Justin Tyler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh boy, this one. <laughs> uh, Fleck teaches AJ how to use the space by throwing cutlery at him whilst he's blindfolded. Uh, C-53 cloaks Bargy, allowing them to narrowly avoid an agent of the Empire. Nermit gets a misdirected invitation for the Emperor to a monarchy Empire wedding. So the crew decide to go masqueraded as the Emperor's advance team and end up b- bumping into old Durf. <laughs> um, he's working as a cater waiter and tells them about Zima Prime, the gathering place for fresh Zimas. Uh, Dar and C-53 end up spreading a whole load of gossip about Nermit and end up uh, getting, uh, gathering a whole bunch of intel and they get a 13-page list of dissidents who hate the Emperor. For everything, of course, goes sour. <laughs> Isn't all Angelinas? A- <laughs> was that was that it? Yeah. All Angelinas are dissidents. Yeah, everyone everyone named Angelina doesn't care for the Emperor, and I don't know that we ever explored why. But I am glad we finally got an Angelina in the show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, that. So, 
a little a little BTS info uh, mm-hmm. on this episode is so we recorded obviously we recorded the um, premiere together and I think we might have recorded Riley's episode all together mm-hmm. and then after that um, Allie was in Amsterdam yes um, because her partner got a job there and so she has spent most of 2019 in the Netherlands. Uh, but she, we, this, we were recording this episode the weekend of our season one, like kickoff live show. Mm -hmm. So we, she had flown back into town for that. And we were like, let's record as many episodes as we can (laughs) while the whole cast is here. That makes sense. Um, so this one, the, the next three episodes, starting with this one Mm -hmm. are the like, like sort of the first time in the middle of the season that we have the full cast. And I kind of think it shows a little bit because like we're just, those episodes move pretty fast and they're very silly. (laughs) And I think it's just because we can all see each other and know like, great, we're going to do, and you're going to do this. And like, yeah. Hot Gus. I can't remember if it was Alden or or Ali, but someone mentioned the fact that you sort of actually make physical sort of charades in the room to, to imply what you're doing. De- yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, depending on what we're doing. I specifically remember for this episode, Allie and I, you know, when we're on our role of, of just yelling out things about Nermit <laughs> Bundeloy, we're looking at each other. Like, I think if you had, had like, mo-capped our, us just talking to each other, you could use that to, like, animate that scene because we were both like, oh, right, and uh, th- this as well. And we were doing lots of, like, Big hands. It's just so much more fun to record with everybody in the room. But mm. you know, we're a very international podcast. It's not always mm. possible. Mm. International podcast requires an international fan cast. Hell that's yeah, how, that's how Absolutely. it works. <laughs> um, a couple of things to note from uh, this episode is the fact sure. that uh, AJ has tear away armor. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, and we learned that Bargy is wanted for a lot of tax evasion. Mm. Yeah. So mm. Plot pickles. Also, Zima Prime is a big plot point here because yeah. they they do verify. Yeah, all Zimas are cater waiters. Yes, that was established. That's a that's a fact. That mm-hmm. is a fact. Um, I, I don't know if that's part of Zima training or what, but you know. Well, you got to learn it somewhere. So <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it's, it's understandable. I mean, we learn in a few episodes that they don't have any food. Wait, <laughs> yeah, is it a Zima catering company? I think. <laughs> I think the implication is that all Zimas are cater waiters, but the companies are run by somebody else. Well, they're not organized <laughs> enough for that. Because if the yeah, if the Zimas Keep ran the, the companies, catering. they just wouldn't <laughs> they like wouldn't get anything done. So I feel like some other organization runs the the cater waitering companies, but they hire exclusively Zimas because they're very laid back and they always need work. <laughs> they won't because they won't organize. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that makes sense that they all oh wow that I feel like that could be a plot point who owns the Zima catering company we didn't we opted not to get into it but again uh, so we'll put it on the put it on the list for season four like who who's who's profiting off the the Zima cater catering because it's not the Zimas I will say there's definitely room for like a shadowy corporation sort of thing mm. as like a villain, and that would fit pretty well, I'd say, in this whole you know, mm. in the in the 
I mean, the government's not very efficient. And so the true villain is the people who, you know, behind the scenes or whatever, you know. The season four is going to be about corporate espionage. Mm. Makes sense. <laughs> the crew's now corporate spies. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. Well, you never know. We haven't, uh, we haven't had a meeting to hash out season four yet. We got some ideas, but... Yeah. See if I can okay. push this corporate espionage angle. <laughs> I, I, I do. Uh, I also want to point out uh, when y'all drop Zima Prime dot space, mm. and we could not figure out how to <laughs> access it. Yeah, <laughs> that was driving us mad. Yeah, we sort of were like, well, surely they'll know that. Like, we'll they'll figure out <laughs> that. Like, we'll give them the password eventually. And we were very wrong. Nope. <laughs> We could not have been more incorrect about that. We made no. a doc with all the password attempts we had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we post that list somewhere? Oh, please. <laughs> it must be somewhere. <laughs> yeah, we have to go dig through it. But, you know, that, oh boy. And also, the concept of Zima Prime being a planet that moves around, but you can always get to it within two days. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that doesn't make any kind of sense, but we're, we're so glad you, you, to, you know... So the Zeum is being on like a mobile planet was not a thing until that moment, right? I th- I think we knew it was like you couldn't just like roll up to the planet, like otherwise it would just be on a map and we would just go there. So yeah. it was like I always imagined it was like shrouded in some sort of nebula or something. That makes sense. And yeah, that makes sense. What we decided doesn't really, but <laughs> I mean, honestly, I thought like. Truly, I thought that was going to come into play with, like, it can avoid a planet crusher crusher. I mean, that does, it it is a good reason that why Zima Prime still exists, because surely it would just be crushed. But if it moves around, (laughs) it's sort of like, well, okay, that's hard to crush then. Yeah. I mean, with planet. (laughs) It just could be that they're not organized enough to set up a fixed address. Yeah, I, (laughs) I sort of feel like it... It, it jumps around through there's some sort of technology and just nobody knows how to like turn it off like they would <laughs> if they could but they're like ah we don't know anymore it's I, working I, fine I, I mean is it just showing up to all the catering jobs I, <laughs> it's entirely possible <laughs> these are the hard hitting Zima questions that we that season 4 is gonna exclusively be about yes I cannot wait yep <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, I think you want to go over the next episode, Becca? Uh, uh, sure, yeah. Okay, uh, episode 9, Jan with a Van, with mm. Morgan Grace Jarrett. Yes. Uh, Bardi wants to do a redemption tour. Uh, Nermit sends them on a mission to meet Jan the Oracle on the planet Kirkland. It turns out that she created everything on the planet and has 9 million children and is criminally, criminally overworked. Yes. Um, they go and have dinner with her and after C-53 cooks a dinner just for her she ends up giving them a prophecy which turns out to be the Zima Prime password <laughs> <laughs> which, I guess that we could week have teased that in a previous <laughs> episode but <laughs> <laughs> we were like ah they'll figure it out in a week it'll be okay <laughs> yeah there, there was a week where we were just like ah but you know we <laughs> it was only a week so that's fine yeah, if that's... y'all had left us until the end of the season yeah I think that would have been gone i think it would have harmed the the relationship we have with our community <laughs> like i, I will say i was i was about ready to figure out how to like do a 
PHP yeah, like get somebody in there, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Be like, all right, we'll we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll get it. We'll make a back door and then yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I will say the um, this whole season's kind of about parenting. <laughs> yeah, it's sort happened. of unsurprising considering both Seth and Alden. Seth mid-season, Alden before the season started had kids. Yeah, so that just kind of happened, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We didn't... I, I guess the rest of the cast didn't have a lot of choice about it. <laughs> this is not a conscious decision, is what I'm getting at. <laughs> well, but also, I'll, I'll say that, like... So, Morgan Jarrett, we've all known her for a very long time. Uh, Winston was on a team with her for years and years and years. Um, and she, I think, had not listened to the show, but also is not, like, a huge sci-fi person. Oh. And so was just like, well, what if I just play like a really beleaguered mom? And we're like, that honestly sounds great. Uh, and that I edited that episode. And that was one of the easiest episodes to edit because almost everything we did was funny. And it was truly just a matter of like, well, what what can I cut and still have <laughs> the funniest stuff be in the episode? There is a lot of uh cutting room floor stuff from that episode that is still pretty good mm-hmm. uh but also it's just like it doesn't really add anything to the episode story-wise but it is like there's so much stuff with uh her son toad yes there's <laughs> so much stuff with toad that it had to get cut because it's like this oh. cannot be the toad episode this is insane <laughs> um, i mean like literally like she's got i mean there's so many children there's she's so like, many She's sort of made, she's sort of like the god of a planet or whatever, Mm -hmm. and also just kind of the mom, and it's, you know, it's a very hilarious dynamic to be like, oh yeah, your child's gonna pull you over. There's something really funny about like, oh yeah, I created everyone on the planet, but also like, this is a fully functioning planet with a society that has cops and stuff, and like, so they have to like pull over their own like (laughs) goddess mother and be like, you know how fast you're going? And it's like... Oh boy! <laughs> it makes you wonder how long that they've been around. Like, how many generations of children has she had? I know we didn't dive into that too deeply, but it is sort of like, yeah, it's like so how, and also it's like, well, if everyone spawned from her, oh, are they? Yeah. yeah, like there's a potentially, uh, but like, you know, if genetically that's how they work, great. But it is like, uh, don't think too hard about it. <laughs> I mean, I. I always kind of pictured this to be like she was like a demigod. Sorry, demirod. Thank you. But, uh, <laughs> and um, and just sort of like made this planet and all the people, and just decided like you know what I'm a demirod. I'm gonna live a normal life. Yeah, I'm but it kind of got away from. Her. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> She's like just too busy like putting lunches in backpacks, and you're like, oh boy, I should just be like, I want to live a normal life. Jeez. Yeah. Uh Morgan Morgan also is a mom and so I think a lot of that was inspired by some true to life events. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. So just need one dinner, guys. All right, so uh episode 10, Atel Attraction <laughs> featuring Tammy Sayer. Is it Sayer? Sager. Sager, sorry. That's fine. Uh so Nermit gets eaten by a tornado <laughs> but can still communicate with the crew. Oh boy. Uh, really push really you know get up the line there yeah the the tornado <laughs> stuff is like it's so ridiculous but 
it was always like in the editing it would always be like this is really funny we were like why is no one so stupid to like think that this animal could understand it but it is like all of those sequences are super super funny um, get a lawyer and you know of, like yeah of him of, like his lawyer getting eaten it's like it's just so funny and so we're like yeah you know what it's great keep it in <laughs> So, yeah, he, uh, anyways, he tells them there was a signal on the rebel frequency. Mm -hmm. Uh, They investigate and find a planet of slave droids owned by the Emperor. Uh, They meet 789, who is constantly trying to, oh. 789. Yeah, 789. (laughs) Yeah, there you Uh, go. Who is constantly trying to seduce Plek. (laughs) Questionable decision, but okay. Uh, It turns out she was an assassin sent to kill the crew, but overcomes her programming to save them and dive in front of bullets. Mm Mm-hmm. Or laser blast or whatever it is. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Beck. No, it's just... Mm, just mm, yeah. Mm, poor Plek. Oh. <laughs> uh, Tammy Sager is a real, like, um, old-school improviser um, who we were sort of, like, we were almost, like, shocked that she would do the show. Wow. Um, but is... Another person where it's like, I don't know that she had heard the show. I, I, I know she when she came in, she's like, oh, yeah, no, I listened to a couple episodes of it. But just like her pitches were like, oh, that's good. You know, she was like, <laughs> what? it was just like a, uh, you know, like a sex droid who just like has this insane attraction to one of the members of the crew. And we're like, that sounds great. That sounds really funny. <laughs> um and god she put like from the first time she spoke we were like oh boy this is gonna be very silly <laughs> uh and i don't know it was just very very fun uh tammy sager most recently visible if you watch the show glow oh um she oh, I it. uh this <gasps> most recent season three she is like the craps uh uh like croupier that they become friends with oh. um i so have you've... not made that connection Tammy says she pops up a lot in like all kinds of comedy stuff. Like she's in that uh, Netflix show Russian Doll as well. Oh my god, oh, I that love one I've watched. That. Yeah, that was a really yeah. good one. She is the Orthodox Jewish woman. Oh, okay. Uh, in that show, yeah. she's just very funny and unsurprisingly ends up in a lot of funny shows. Yeah, that was that was very entertaining. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was a that was another episode where like we did we sort of did the resolution of it and then we were like, uh, I think we got to do this again. Mm-hmm. And so there's like another version of the ending that is like not as good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the other one? I, I, so I didn't edit this one. So I don't, I remember recording it, but I didn't listen to it a hundred times. So I'm not sure, but I know like we like redid it. And we were like, no, no, no. Like the Ember should come in and be like, and so, like, that's why we did the ending with, like, board off and the whole squad of Clint's coming in. It's oh, like, yeah. Yeah, this, this feels more, uh, the stakes felt like they Like, were... this absolutely has to be a trap. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we had a version where it was just, like, the other, the two other sex droids tried to kill Pleck, and it was, like, it was just okay. But I like the idea that, like, no, 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 it's a full-on trap. And then <laughs> 7, 8, 9 gives her life. Uh, to save us, which makes no sense. Like it's just, yeah, <laughs> like the least like believable turn. But yeah, yeah. It, I yeah. mean, yeah, like. But this is a. Uh, it's another classic sort of trope of like, oh, why yeah. do you care? <laughs> you know? It doesn't make any sense. If you haven't been turned by anyone before, why plek? 
Yeah, for real, right? But I also like how, like, plints have shown up in these squats. Yeah. We know now Even the, like... Even the like ones with board off and stuff like that, like they've re- they've gone through the ranks, I guess. <laughs> I I do like the idea that Plints have now like made it through the system enough to like show up in random squads, and like they know they're different, but they're also like, well, I guess it's just what happens when you make a bunch of Clints. Now you end up with these Plints. Like no one seems to be willing to correct the issue. <laughs> I think to philosophically for clints to acknowledge that plints are different means to acknowledge that like the rest of them are the same i know and <laughs> so it's it's one of those things where like you can't ask a clint to think about it because they'll lose their mind yeah <laughs> but i everyone outside must be like what why are these these clints think, are awfully yeah. weird <laughs> i think it just like uh, clints must think like it just must reinforce the idea that yeah, I'm the alpha. Well, I'm the alpha. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Begs the question of if they literally never take their helmets off, so they just don't see that they look different. I think probably they <laughs> don't take their helmets off very much. Yeah, I mean, I know they're so, stuck like, on, but sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> frequently, <laughs> frequently with pants. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, a few things from this episode. Um, sure. Blimp. Blimpy is now Tree Boy. He's turned tree himself boy. into a forest. Uh-huh, yeah. uh, AJ doesn't have genitalia. <laughs> <laughs> we sure to tell you reveal. <laughs> I think it's one of those things where, like, if they do, then like in time, <laughs> half the galaxy would be Clint Spawn, right? <laughs> right? Kinda, yeah. And Oof. and we're like, it's probably just easier if they don't have genitals. <laughs> <laughs> Not sterile. Just don't have them. Yeah, just don't have them. Like a Ken doll. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, a question. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think it took um, this long for the Empress Assassins to find the crew? Because it's been about four episodes worth of time since he said he was going to send his assassins. Well, so for me, it's like, <laughs> and we, we talked about this, of like, the Emperor hates this crew and wants them all to die, but also like has to run the galaxy. True. And like, we're not... <laughs> that great at stopping him <laughs> so he's so, like i could put this off yeah i think he's sort of like L- listen you're like we're like 27th on his list of things to do but we <laughs> just fair we've just been 27th on the list for like four months and he's like what the these still aren't dead all right send a, a bunch more assat just send a lot more assat we're gonna get these guys uh, yeah and then like still it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> I say the the crew doesn't seem like that big of a threat until they are like mm. yeah yeah exactly it's only because he got them on board on board the planet crusher crusher that they could do anything yeah so, it's it's sort of like <laughs> if he ignored us we'd probably go away <laughs> <laughs> but you know hmm. I don't know okay. but uh, yeah episode eleven. Prime the pipe with Justin McElroy. Mm, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The long awaited crossover. <laughs> yeah. We were debating who it was going to be until it actually, you know. Mm. I know, I know. We we had to keep had it to secret. A... Yeah, I mean, you can't have a podcast without having a McElroy on it at some point. So. I mean, we already had Paul F. Tompkins, so we had that yes. box checked. That's true. That's true. But at a certain point, you have to get a McElroy or they're going to shut you down. So, <laughs> the podcast guild is very strict. Yeah, I mean, extremely, right? I'm surprised Mark Marin hasn't uh, picked now. <laughs> yeah. 
so we um yeah we knew um we had some sort of thin connection to to justin and we reached out and obviously now since we're on max fun yeah. it was a little easier to to start that conversation and he was just immediately sure, sure. like yeah no i'd love to the scheduling was a little tricky just because he's you know we we only have so many times we can record with all six of us seven if you include shane mm. and then his schedule on top of our schedule was like it was a little tricky to schedule it but we were very happy when it came together because just like yeah i mean those guys are great they're all super funny and they clearly like know even if they're not fans of our podcast, they like get the podcast. Yeah. Know? I mean, <laughs> the concept makes a lot of sense. It's like improv sci-fi. Yeah. That, you know, it's serious. Yeah. To it's like, degree, don't, but also... don't overthink it. Whatever you think is probably going to be a good idea is probably perfect. And like, yeah, it was very, uh, so we thought, Oh, it'd be fun to introduce Zima prime with this character. And like, yeah, just, it went great. Yeah. So, speaking of, uh, mm-hmm. Bargy is filming her own expose. <laughs> yes. Uh, and offers to go and rescue Nermit from the Tornatas while the crew go to Zima Prime. Mm-hmm. Uh, she drops them off where they meet Spurch, or the Big Turtle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that everyone on the planet is a chosen one for something specific. Oh, God. <laughs> this was... <laughs> oh, poor Blair. The feel um, of the the multiple chosen ones yeah. was oh I delightful. It, we we were sort of like we had a moment of like oh should Zima Prime be like a big deal and then we kind of like no it sort of can't be like it has to sort of like the the Zix way is like nothing can truly be like any anything that is really important our crew would not come into contact with like yeah we it's are, all behind the scenes yeah we're constantly sort of on the outside so like if we made it to zima prime then there's no way zima prime is a big deal yeah <laughs> it's like sense. very underwhelming yeah mm. uh yeah so uh it turns out zima prime is seriously lacking in supplies and they have no council or any leaders <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the the planet used to have water and plants through the pipe, but it's just mysteriously stopped. Um, people have tried to fix it, but no one ever came back. Uh, in the end, AJ goes up the pipe and unjams it and gets it working again. <laughs> and uh, Nermit decides to stay on Zima Prime so he can organize the scrolls. Hopefully, and become their boss, sort of. Sort of, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. not making more nests. <laughs> I th- I think we we have sort of had felt like. The Nermit storyline on Philem had like uh, it was sort of out of juice, and like once he's eaten mm. by a tornado, it's like, well, where else can we? How much can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how could we possibly go further with that? <laughs> I'm a ghost now. Yeah, like... <laughs> we're like, uh... <laughs> and we had always wanted to make Zima Prime at least something, you know, functional in the show. So we're like, well, let's get Nermit on Zima Prime, and then he can be giving us missions from Zima Prime. It'll feel a little more. Uh, it'll have that sort of classic, you know, Nermit vibe of like, great, he's working. But then we got all the fun Nermit stuff of like him interacting with the Zimas and becoming mm. like, yeah, a little too chilled out. Right? Oh yeah, the cigarillos, so, the cigarillos, <laughs> yeah. Which I think but, was just a mispronunciation by Seth. I think he was trying to say cigarillo. Yes, and he said, I assume that's what it was. Cigarillo, and we're like, great, that's what they're called. Yep. <laughs> oh um, boy. 
I did love the retcon that actually a lord in captivity can live for 90 to 100 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be like, well, he's not going to die, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just the life expectancy is so low because they can't help nesting next to tornadoes or whatever. Yeah. I We were sort of like, oh, we really wrote ourselves into a corner with that one. But it is like, yeah, Nermit seemed to not be able to perceive he was in danger at all. Mm. And we're like, well, if that's true of every lured, then yeah. like, yeah, I bet they frequently die at like, <laughs> like 35 years old because they're like, well, going back to build my nest. Well, been eaten. I'm dead. And so, <laughs> you know, the way sort of oh, out of that situation. Mm. That makes uh, that- a lot of sense. Actually. <laughs> yeah. There were a few things from this episode. Uh, the mm-hmm. fact that there's a prophecy about AJ2868, but not AJ2884. <laughs> I wouldn't um, hold out for the resolution on uh, the AJ2886 uh, uh, prophecy, but yeah, you never know. I mean, you know, it also could just be like he got his number wrong at the time and, you know... His real mm. name is... Yeah, it's... Second, yeah. I would love if that's a big reveal and he's just like... <gasps> and everyone's like, okay. Yeah, like, uh, you're still Clint, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah but my so... number's totally different. It was reused oh, armor. There you go. I always knew my number was lower. <laughs> it's a big deal to him. It's like, a very AJ thing to, to do. <laughs> that's for sure. Yes. <laughs> but uh, Pleck is the chosen one to face the emperor. Yes, mm. it's officially confirmed by the scrolls i will say though he already did he he had done that before and it didn't go yeah. well so it's sort of like well he's gotta do it again it's like all right well uh you're destined to try again damn it <laughs> i also do i really love how like it has been established that pleck has been doing the training for aj correct completely yes. yeah like he, oh, getting the names right and, and pop a deck setter oh, we didn't God. mention that but that's yeah. a, an amazing very welcome addition to season three just a gift from from winston to all of us yeah <laughs> like papa deck setter and uh, robot man <laughs> robot man i'm not as wild about but that's <laughs> you know that's that's for me so yeah uh, you know Everyone else I, seems I, to enjoy it, so I'm I'm all right going along with it. Is that why Papa Sugarcane never made it into an episode? <laughs> uh, I don't know. We could always bring it back. <laughs> I still think there's room for IQQ to come back. I will but, say yeah. Jordan Carlos is a guest we have frequently uh, thrown about as someone we would love to get for a live episode. Ooh. Uh, just because like, he was so funny in the room and, and also like, just seemed to have such a good time when he was playing IQQ. We're like, man, we should get him back either to play IQQ or a different character. Um, so he's, he's always sort of high up on our list. Cause uh, we're, we're big Jordan Carlos fans. It was an Makes excellent sense. episode. <laughs> I'm still not fully over the sound of IQQ's sex gun, which makes me <laughs> laugh every time. Yeah. <laughs> Shane uh. is a wizard. <laughs> But uh, so also Kia Rondo comes back in this. Uh, was that, uh, yeah, that was yeah. always planned to be a Zima night, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Kia Rondo. We, we when he shows up in that ad, it's like it's so when you meet him on Zima Prime, you're not like who's this guy? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that makes sense. Like Kia Rondo is just sort of like 
if any, it's it's me sort of doing a voice halfway between like Orson Welles and David Bowie. Uh, uh, okay. And like, like I just love playing like this very faux mystical character. <laughs> um, also, his whole <laughs> like Kiarando's whole thing of like having sound based powers is like, well, how would you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like, he's literally like a dj like yeah he's sort of just like uh he's like a studio engineer and you're like i guess that's kind of a power and like but not really i learned from the grandmaster shane o'connell yes <laughs> i studied for many years beside shane o'connell kane o'connell <laughs> yeah, 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 oh my that, god that kane o'connell that would be the zix way to do it right <laughs> Uh, all right. right. So yes. next episode, yes. yes. Is it you want me to go over it? Yeah, uh, sure, go for it. Okay. Uh, episode twelve. Are you there, Rod? It's me, Gerlick. <laughs> Featuring <laughs> yeah. Monique Moses. Sure. Uh, Nermit uh, sends them oh yeah, go ahead. No no no, you go, you go. Nermit <laughs> sends them to R V two eight two six because the Z must tell him it's a gathering ground with sweet energy. <laughs> it's literally just a park for RVs. They meet Gerlich, the priestess, in her mobile store. Uh, she actually met Rod and asked her to be a priestess. Dar starts choking on a Zuzu, and Gerlich saves them by phoning Rod. They get into an argument in the store with their assassin, but Gerlich saves them by sacrificing herself and jumping in front of the blast. A common theme. <laughs> yeah, this is where the, the jumping in front of lasers, we were like, oh, I guess this is just a thing that's going to happen this season as people constantly <laughs> jumping in front of laser beams. <laughs> And it's very stupid, but we were like, like the first time it happened, we were like, it's so goofy. And then the second, when she's like, what if I do it too? We're like, we just did that like two episodes ago, but we're like, yeah, do it. Absolutely do it. And it's very stupid. It's so funny. Also, I mean, the concept that like Rod is, Mm. it's hilarious. You're just like, oh, just call, just call Rod. Oh, we we got the number down. Like that is we never told anyone, but literally all the way back in season one, we were like, oh, yeah, Rod is absolutely just a guy who's really cool. He's <laughs> just really chill, and he's so known galactically for being, like, a cool, chill, welcoming person that, like, that is why he is, like, worshipped by people. <laughs> I mean, he has powers now, apparently. Yeah, like- and, like, but you can imagine, you know, an alien who could potentially do some stuff and like have some technology but the reason people like him is that he's a very just like warm-hearted guy just Mm. a cool dude Mm. just a very cool (laughs) dude (laughs) i mean that makes a lot of sense actually yeah i mean why why not have an underwhelming deity as well (laughs) i mean when you think about it it's not so unlike jesus right it was just a cool relaxed Dude. Just a cool guy. This, I mean, that's literally the plot line of the musical Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> of like, Jesus is pretty cool when you think about it. <laughs> I remember there's a Patton Oswalt bit about how Jesus has like necromancer powers and then can make yeah. a little food into a lot of food. <laughs> yeah. It's like... <laughs> right as hell. I mean, that's pretty, like if you showed up at a party and you're like, oh man, we're out of chips. And then someone's like, are we out of chips? You'd be like, whoa, cool. And I also got wine. And you're like, whoa, this guy's great. <laughs> it would be exciting. It yeah. would be very exciting. 
I mean, I'd follow him as a god. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're going to give up your whole life, but you're like, yeah, no, I'll go to church on Sunday and tell people about like, yeah, no, there weren't chips and now there's a lot of chips. <laughs> Man, this undead food guy is really sweet. <laughs> he's, I mean, he's a lot better than other guys. <laughs> An interesting thing from this episode is that um, Baji has a voice modulator now. Oh, yeah, that's right. We did. We, uh, yeah, yeah. That's me just remembering that's a thing we did. <laughs> <laughs> it was another thing we had sort of expected you'd make more use of. And we were like, <laughs> I, a lot, I will say, a lot of things come into the show and it's like, oh, we did it in that episode. And fans will be like, why did they never do that again? And the answer is, we forgot that we did it the first time. Because, <laughs> um, like, if we're in the room and no one's talking about it, then, like, I guarantee we're never going <laughs> to. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's not going to come up. I promise. So we're, we're digging up all this dirt to, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. be able yeah. to throw it right back. <laughs> so so I can go back when we're planning season four and be like, oh, they've got us on so many things. <laughs> I love it when we accidentally sort of connect two dots that shouldn't be connected and it's a perfectly canon thing. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we told Alden, he, he mentioned that he, this is like one of his favorite things now, that like the... Um, IQQ's sex gun is mm. a, an illegally modified uh, torklick blaster mm. that like gives you immense pleasure before you die. <laughs> that to me seems in keeping with what we've done. Like it makes good sense. Yeah. <laughs> and how Plet can never have a orange beer because that would be whack. <laughs> I mean, the, aren't I do the last frosty bev? Yep. <laughs> I do love that now Bud Light makes an orange beer. Oh no. Like they do, oh. yeah. That that Ew. did not exist before our show started and now is a thing you can go and buy and we're sort of like, "What? You put it into the ether?" <laughs> I think we did. I I Just feel bad about it cuz I don't think it's good, but <laughs> Um, we've actually got um, a listener question which Ooh. sort of ties into this one. Well, bring it on. Um, from Nini. Uh, what is C-53's status on his beliefs regarding the space and, to a lesser extent, Rod? Uh, oh, good question, Nini. Um, I I think for C-53, like, Rod and the space are, like, there are things he knows about because, uh, you know, they're all sort of in his you know, protocol data banks of like, oh yeah, lots of people worship Rod and lots of people, you know, some people follow the space. It's it's something he has to be aware of. But I think for him, it's like, there's no observable effects. More (laughs) so in this season, it's like, oh yeah, well they can do these sort of very minor tricks. It's like, I don't need to worry about this. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) well, this is no different than like having, you know, some sort of, energy projector of some kind so i'm not going to treat it as though it's some sort of mystical force that's more important if they have a gun or yeah yeah like if they have a blaster (laughs) we'll talk but like it's like uh my favorite zima power is little master little boy who can float (laughs) levitate three inches off the ground which is like (laughs) if you knew a human being who could do that you would never stop talking about it but it is completely useless. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. But and the help- massive amount of training that goes yeah. into being able to float three inches off the ground. But if that's but like if somebody could do that, it would be very impressive, but it would also be like, that's it? You know? <laughs> and the that's it is I, I feel like where C fifty three comes in. 
It's like, well, he can, uh, you know, somebody was choking and then they made, you know, he stopped them from choking. And I'd be like, uh-huh. Yeah, and hmm. most people can nice. do that with a strong, like, <laughs> yeah. hug. Of, you know, like, I mean, cool, I, if I had medical protocols, I yeah, could have done that. It's like, it's cool, but it's not anything somebody else couldn't do if they had, you know, read a pamphlet on it, you know? It's very true. Yeah. That's pretty great. Uh, so, Nini, that is where C-53 stands on that particular issue. <laughs> Uh, episode 13 well hello partner with jonathan fernandez uh yes um we start out with bargy having gotten married yesterday to the blazing rochester <laughs> i can confirm <laughs> that the blazing rochester is 100 percent the cast's favorite side character from season three <laughs> there's there is so much laughter edited out of all of the blazing rochester scenes because we could not keep it together it was so insane i mean he runs on coal like runs on coal which like oh. is not possible in space <laughs> it was so funny what was oh, the ship great. they met which was wooden oh that's oh. a little boop boop yes yes <laughs> yeah 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 how does this work <laughs> yeah the, a wooden ship just shouldn't work at all the like the blazing rochester is sort of like maybe it could work but it would be so terrible <laughs> i mean it's probably the kind of thing where it has to like dematerialize the coal to an atomic something but like or, or it burns it internally and then it has to just expel this cloud of smoke all the time <laughs> oh boy and then also bring oxygen with it to burn the coal. anyway oh boy such <laughs> a good idea it's it was very stupid and we could not stop laughing at seth when he was doing it I would love for it to just be that it's like, oh, it ha- it like, ha- the fact that it has coal means it has some weird environmental license that it like, well, it also has a warp drive, but it mostly runs on coal. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it needs the coal for some reason. <laughs> for tax break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, Nermit calls, uh, and he's contacted Flix to uh, get in touch with a smuggler called B-Rock, who's going to help them get... Uh, uh, evade the assassins by uh, telling them the safe routes to travel by. Um, it turns out he hangs out at Big Teachy's Lounge. Mm. Uh, when they the Teachy Bar. The Teachy Bar, yes. <laughs> uh, when they get there, they meet uh, Brando Roxwell, who is a smuggler that AJ could never catch. Uh, used to be a smuggling party with C-53 and had a one-night stand with Dar that he doesn't remember. Uh, so Fernandez is uh, like another guy we've known from the New York comedy scene for a long time, mm-hmm. but it has in the intervening years become famous. Oh. Uh, and, but he is a huge, huge fan of the show. Oh, uh, okay. And like has for almost since the show started been like, Hey, I love the show. I would love to do it. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and like just scheduling finally worked out where he was he literally recorded his episode and then he had to go to an awards show oh my god <laughs> it was gosh. very la if people don't know jonathan is on the fox show lethal weapon based on the movie franchise of the same name uh that's awesome he plays like their tech expert um and is a super nice and funny dude uh and he just came in and was like i would love to play like a a Han Solo, Lando Calrissian smuggler type character who's just yeah. super cool. And we were like, we kind of haven't... Well, we had Phoenix Ash in season mm. two. Yeah. 
who has a little bit of that energy, but we thought it would be fun if we, he, since he knew the show so well, that he could have some history with C and like, yeah. um, makes sense uh, it would be fun yeah like somebody who knew the crew before yeah yeah or at least somebody in the crew uh and yeah it was just a very fun episode to do also shout out to shane o'connell for doing a surf uh remix of the zix theme <laughs> when you enter big teachies it's mm. it's the opening theme in a surf style which i greatly appreciated Every time you hear a song on this show, you're never sure if it's like the Zix theme or a Dave Matthews song or something else. Yeah, it's well, those are the top two. But outside of that, yeah, I guess but the Friends theme. The Friends theme. That's well, true. Yeah. Shane Shane also comes up with originals. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that later in this season. But yeah. yeah. Mm. So, uh, oh, yes. was there more? Yeah. Yes. Um, so it turns out that uh, B Rock was actually the bartender. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but the crew have to uh, flee when Finifer J. Ryan shows up. That was a special request of Fernandez. He's like, that oh, is my great. favorite character on the show. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I would love Finifer J. Ryan to come back. And we've sort of been looking for a space for Finifer J. Ryan to come back because we also love him. But we kind of <laughs> could never really. He's such a particular character. Mm. And part of why he works so well in the Maganac episode is that, like, <laughs> Winston and Josh have been on an improv team together for like six or seven years. So like uh, you can kind of just let them go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we were like, you know what? For Jonathan, we will bring back Finifer J. Ryan. Uh, I was half, half expecting him to be like, Oh, well they kill off AJ. Of course, every character that Winston plays dies at the end of the season and they bring <laughs> on a new one. I was half expecting Finniford to be the season four AJ. Oh man, that would be intense. <laughs> I, I think Finniford were just like Finniford works best when he gets into like his little loops. Yeah. And we're like, we can't we couldn't come up with a loop for him every single episode. <laughs> even, even to do it like three times a season would be too much. So like we, he's, he's a spice best used sparingly like saffron, you know? <laughs> I mean, at the same time, by the logic that Bino was designed to be a fuck you, like, <laughs> yeah, it's true. We probably should have done it, but <laughs> I think, I think the difference is we as a crew sort of hate Bino <laughs> <laughs> uh, whereas we as a as a uh creative group sort of love finifer j ryan because he's so stupid okay um so i think we're like no we have to make sure everyone is so excited when finifer j ryan shows up that makes sense. Uh, and unfortunately um the blazing rochester catches fire and explodes at the end oh no Tragedy. oh no what oh boy what a shame Apparently, even Bargy owes fit for J. Ryan a lot of croon in this episode, which I also enjoy. Yeah. That was the way you brought him back. Sort of yeah. unsurprising. Mm. Yeah, um, a couple of interesting things is uh, the fact that AJ is only five. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> that like... really makes sense. Yeah, and, they, uh... can't, they can't be very old. <laughs> no, like old clones don't really uh... yeah and, and especially like so they're cloned from Rolfus Tittle mm. yeah who is not that old mm. yeah like mm. we never get sure. into specifically how old he is but he's not and, an elderly person like you know but yeah he's not like an old man so if they're cloning him they can't be older like the oldest Clint I feel like is like maybe 22 or something Oof, yeah mm. so I don't know mm. 
That would be interesting to see, like, a Clint that got stuck in a time vortex and now is old and wise or something mm. like that. And, you know. No, they'd never be wise. Well, wise, wiser. <laughs> yeah, they, I just feel like they'd be a Clint with, like, a sort of old raspy voice and be like, mm, I'm sort of the alpha of knowing. <laughs> Get yeah, down on of, the ground. Of having, <laughs> of having ancient wisdom. That's that's sort of my thing. That's Show my, me that's the my word guess. Originals. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, you'd have to ask Winston, but I think that's how it would go. That makes a lot of sense, actually. Uh, we did get a little bit of backstory about C, in that um, after true. he was abandoned, he ended up mind-wiped and working in the monarchy. That's so very true. a little bit more timeline for him there. Yeah. Piecing it together. Yeah, slowly, slowly but surely piecing together that C-53 backstory. I imagine that he's been alive for, like, I don't know, 70, 80 years. <laughs> and, that makes sense. And just doesn't you didn't think about time. Do you have much of an idea of his backstory, or are you just sort of finding it as you go through? I There are definitely things about him that I'm like, oh, he definitely did this, and he definitely did this. Um, but there's also, I sort of leave room in there for if we need stuff for a particular guest or like, oh, he really should have known how to do this. I can just be like, oh, he used to be this. So I have to ask, was Mm -hmm. the fact that he was a sex droid from the beginning or was it like, oh yeah, no, 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 no. I like, absolutely. That is something from like day one where I was like, oh oh, yeah. Like he at one point was like a hardcore. (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> just like forced to you know uh, work for the monarchy in this like horrible capacity I, I like i think that is sort of the unspoken truth about droids in the in the zix universe is that like there's a lot of sex droids out there it does seem like a good like most of them at least were in for a, sex a year droid or frame. two yeah it's like i think that's sort of the implication from this episode is like well they all did it for a little bit <laughs> we all have side hustles yeah well, you know y'all got side hustles and i mean but it's also like for a droid they're like yeah i don't care like it doesn't like that job is no different than any other job for them yeah. like, they don't they don't have a biological response the way that like uh yeah, organic literally like, just... like a, a droid is like i mean it's this or screwing in you know caps in a factory and like same for, thing, you know. For them, yeah. it functionally, it, like it sort of is the same thing. Yeah. They're just like running different software. I don't think it, I don't think it has the same toll on them that it would on a person. Makes sense, which I is guess. I think probably for the best. Yeah, it's yeah, just a job. Just a job. Yep. That was part one of our season three recap with Jeremy Bent. We plan on releasing the next half of the episode next weekend, and then we will be back to our usual schedule every two weeks with season two. Uh, just some promo stuff. Our Patreon is currently <laughs> patreon.com slash universe. Thank you, Jeremy. You'll see why in part two. Uh, you can find us at your favorite pod scanning device or at fancast.space. You can find my game, Phase Shift, at robots.church. Uh, Becca's stuff is available all over the internet at Becca Paintmore. Uh, follow us on Twitter at ZixFanCast, and we will see you next week for part two. Toot, toot, toot. Toot, toot, toot.